time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is December 5th, Monday, and this is another Lick It on Lending podcast. We're excited to have you joining us. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format you can listen to anytime and anywhere. There are so many of us joining us on here today. My co-host, Mark Helm, and also joining. Mark, good to have you with us. We were talking football a little here, bit I know you and Kittle were talking about the, the football a little bit earlier, so we'll get into that. Are we going to get a football report, Mr. Kittle, or are we going to get a production report? Maybe both. <clears throat> well, remember, I'm a Kentucky fan, so right now it's basketball season, so nobody cares about football. <laughs> no one cares about football now that Kentucky's done. Well, we'll have fun with that a little bit later on, but anyway... I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Candor Technology. Thank you so much for being there for us. We had you got to go back and listen to the podcast we just released. It was outstanding. Also want to say a special thank you to Finastra, who has been here for many, many years as one of our sponsors. Tech Candor is one of our newer sponsors, and Finastra has been here for a long time. We're so grateful to have both of them. The one thing I love about the Candor technology, it's the only automated underwriting system to earn a patent for its unique technology solution that they offer. Candor also optimizes the loan delivery and workflow process. And did you know it has an insurance wrap on it as well? We talked about that. Uh, we're going to talk – we have enough company we're going to be doing a um, – Another advertiser, insurance company, uh, we interviewed this last week, and I can't wait to do that one. Same thing. There's just many ways for you to protect yourself. Candor does a great job. Finastra helps you with their integrated approach to the mortgage lending process. And then FormFree with their innovation. Love them as a sponsor. FormFree is, has an account check and passport product that opens the doors to inclusive credit decisioning by revealing each customer's true ability to pay, ATP. It's really good. Got to have another acronym in our industry, don't you think? ATP. Why don't we just say ability to pay? Anyway, Fred Chandler, listen to what he had to say on October 17th. Sorry, October 17th. Check out that podcast. Then also, Total Expert. We had Dan Catanelli on the podcast on October 21st. Check that one out. Again, the um, uh, the Total Expert has created a total experience platform. And uh, the data, marketing, sales, and compliance solutions to create a comprehensive, cohesive experience across the entire customer lifecycle. Also, Simple Nexus. Love these guys, what they're doing there. We had Lori Brewer on talking about the vision that they she has. New stuff coming on. I got to have a sneak peek behind the curtain. Mm-mm-mm. They have got some – Simple Nexus has some things under development, folks. You are just got to pay attention to. We're so grateful to have all of our sponsors. Also, Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, great LMS, Learning Management System, as well as Mobility MMI and Modex. These two have great technology for knowing exactly what loan originators are doing out there. If you're looking at recruiting, you've got to have Mobility MMX or MMI, Mobility MMI, as well as Modex. Both these tools will help you make sure you're getting 
what those you're hiring the people that are doing what they represent that they're doing. Also, mortgage advisory tools. On November 30th last uh, week, we uh, we issued uh, we published the interview with Tom Showalter of Candor. It was really good. Got to check out the vision and listen to what he and his team talked about as far as where the market is going, what we have coming up. It was really an excellent interview. Also, uh, we had Justin Demolia on December 2nd on Friday talking about the um, Walmart stores uh, where they have branch opens, branch locations in the Walmart stores in Florida and New Jersey and growing from there. This week we've got coming up, we have Dustin Gray and Ashley Terrell of Milestones. You want Mark, Mark Helm, you and I did this interview together and you said, Dave, this is really one of the most exciting, innovative things I've seen out there. You were enthusiastic about the interview. Do you think our listeners should listen to that interview, Mark? Positively, should not miss that one at all. Yeah, that was one of those ones where you go like amazing. And then also December 9th, we con- I connected up with Austin uh, of Rocket Pro and uh, with their TPO operation, really talking about the state of the broker and wholesale market, really an interesting in- um, interview. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to catch up with Austin. Great stuff. Also want to give a special thank you to all of our regulars, Adam DeSantis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, and Alice Alvey and Alan Pollock and Mark Helm, the co-host. I treat every all y'all are like co-hosts, but it's so good to have you here with us, um, Mark. When you going back, I mean, we are having some really a lot of fun recording some of these, pre-recording some of these interviews, and I want to get your enthusiasm on what we've been recording to kind of give a little bit of anticipation and uh, uh, stir up some buzz to get people interested in some of the upcoming podcasts we are pre-recording. Well, you know, David, I list these uh, podcasts that we're pre-recording as kind of a special item because uh, we don't know what we don't know. And I, for one, have thought I've known a great deal about our industry and what's going on. And every time we do a pre-recorded podcast, I get enlightened big time. And yeah. um, the last one we just talked about was a perfect example of that. I get so much out of these, the creativity of people, uh, the entrepreneurship that's going on out there, the struggling to figure out a better way to do it in some tough times in our industry. It tells a lot about the character of our industry and the character of the companies that are out there working hard to make sure that people have home ownership in an affordable manner. And I couldn't be happier to be on this podcast and hear what the great ideas people come up with and what they're doing to service our industry. And I, for one, am learning something every week when we do one of those. And, you know, I don't think I know everything, but I know a lot, but I'm damn sure learning a lot. That's for sure. We are learning a lot. And Mr. Kittle, thank you so much for, you know, many years introducing many years ago, introducing me to Arthur Priest. And that was such a fun interview we did last week. And I can't wait to share that one as well. But David Kittle, that was, that was just as in like Mark says, I can't believe we keep getting a better and better interview every time. It's just some of the most innovative stuff. So Mr. Kittle, thank you. You want to share a little new enthusiasm for that, that particular one we recorded last week? Yeah, that's uh... Yeah, it was a lot of fun and uh, extremely timely. Oh yeah, you know, for what we're going through right now. So it just happened to all fall into place, and I think everybody really enjoyed it. Yep. So we got some good stuff, listeners. Stay tuned as they get announced and released. You are make sure you're on our mailing list. If you're listening to this, you're not on our mailing list. Let us know. Also, LinkedIn. We do post these up on what we're doing on LinkedIn. We're going to be also be doing our podcast live via LinkedIn. Also live Facebook live. Uh, on um, 
also on YouTube. So we, we're, we're stepping across and getting over into doing a lot of this live. So they'll be able to connect with us. But be sure to sign up for the newsletter. You need to do that anyway. So let's get over to Adam DeSantis. Uh, he's got this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. And hear what he has to say, what the MBA is working on. Appreciate our sponsor, the, the relationship with the MBA. What you got, Adam? Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Here's what you need to know. Last week, MBA submitted a comment letter in response to the CFPB's request for information on mortgage refinances and forbearances. The CFPB sought comments on ways to facilitate mortgage refinances for consumers who would benefit from refinancing, especially those with smaller loan balances. In addition, the CFPB also sought comments on ways to reduce risks and support household stability for consumers who experience disruptions in their financial situation that could interfere with their ability to remain current on their mortgage payments. While MBA supports CFPB's efforts to facilitate streamlined mortgage refinances for consumers who would benefit from one, the letter encourages the Bureau to also focus on areas where its regulations add cost to the loan manufacturing or servicing process that outweigh purported consumer benefits. Additionally, the comment letter includes recommendations on how to apply the lessons learned from loss mitigation during the COVID-19 pandemic to loss mitigation procedures going forward. An RFI is not a proposed rule, but is often the first steps towards an agency action or regulatory change and can provide an excellent opportunity to influence the next steps. MBA will continue to monitor developments on this topic and keep members informed on any updates. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you taking the time to record that. Send that over to us each and every week. It's very helpful for our listeners, and we're grateful to have the relationship. We do be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. If you haven't done that, you hear me talk about it regularly on this podcast. Probably one of the most important things you could do as you're looking at um, this, uh, what, what's, what we can do to make a difference in our industry. They do a great deal of work for us. Let's get that app and support them and what they're doing. Let's get over to Les Parker and uh, this week's TM Spotlight. Les and I were texting back and forth, and uh, he was saying some great comments, but I can't wait to hear and share with you this audio recording, what he's got. He always does this music parody, so we always did a little bit, and I get to sneak peek and listen to it, so this is really good. Here's Les Parker. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Imminence front. ESG front, it's put on. Put on. The monetary kings have spoken. Things will get worse, but we can deliver a soft landing. The Fed and government leaders hide behind the ESG mask. It's imminent front. The scared tyrants will force conformity to save the planet and hide their agenda to destroy the U.S. dollar by limiting population growth and economic activity. As a result, the weak and poor perish. The world economic machine runs on dollar liquidity and fossil fuels. So until they can dethrone the dollar and oil, mortgage rates can drop significantly. Additionally, go make babies. These views are my own. Find pretense revealed at tmspotlight.com. Press the Fed to kill. <laughs> Les Parker, you fit a lot in a little bitty soundbite there. There was so many themes in that one. Mr. Kittle, let's get in and do a little discussion about that. And when you think about what he is talking about, what's really interesting, Kittle, is that uh, Mr. Kittle, and now for those of you who know, I'm not being disrespectful to David Kittle, 
But it's when you have two Davids on here, we just go by last name. Hey, Lickin. Hey, Kittle. So just you know that. So hey, Kittle, what do you think about this? Did you know that there was a bill introduced this in October to return us to the gold standard? That would get off a of fiat currency. <clears throat> that would be so significant. So significant. Well, it's no, I didn't know about it. And uh, what it was, it goes all the way back to President Nixon was the one who took yes. us off the gold standard. So I mean, you're looking at. Yeah, a long, long time ago. Uh, significant changes in the market. I mean, I, I don't know what that would do to the effect of mortgage rates. I haven't even thought about it until I just heard it. But um, yeah. uh, interesting thought. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that I want to contemplate more. I want to get Les Parker on talking about that. But when we start thinking about that, you go like, is that really true? Is there any chance of that really happening? Well, Russia's doing that. Probably not. Yeah, well, well, it's we'll, we'll see. There's, there's, uh, there, I listened to a number of podcasts. Imagine we, I, I, I drink our own Kool Aid. I listen to podcasts. I listen to our own podcasts. But it was really compelling what I'm hearing, and the amount of countries that are doing the BRICS, the BRICS nations are in fact all underway to getting back to a gold standard. So far fetched as that may seem to our Federal Reserve, print as much money as we need, kind of mine what the treasury does um, that is gaining some really interesting steam and what that could mean for us. So we're going to get Les Parker talking about that a little bit later, but I think that's something that you're going to hear more of in the new year. You go like, like, I think you've lost your mind. You're listening to too many of those conspiracy theory podcasts. No, I don't listen to those, but I am capturing some things that I think is really fascinating. We're going to get on Mark and bring you on in just a moment, but I want to get the um, uh, Matt Graham market update as well. Matt could not join us today, but he did send in a recording. So let's get uh, Matt's perspective on what we can anticipate this week. Matt. Oh, by the way, Les Parker's newsletter. He's, he's going to shame me on this one. You should sign up for Les Parker's team. You can get a hold of by going to lesparker at tmspotlight.com, or you can sign up for the newsletter. You get the paid version of the newsletter for free by putting in Empower. So check tmspotlight.com. Check it out. Appreciate it. And this, here's Matt Graham, who is the president of MBS Live. Get ready. This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Bonds had a very good week last week, extending the gains seen after the November 10th CPI report. That was really the range-defining data of the past several weeks. And in many ways, we have maintained that it is from one CPI to the next uh, as far as how the bond market is moving and setting trends in uh, the late part of 2022. We are definitely in the countdown to the next CPI report, which is coming out next Tuesday. But between now and then, we had been in a sideways range through the holidays. And last week was really the first week back after the lull that sets in heading into and during Thanksgiving week. The key event last week was a speech from Fed Chair Powell at the Brookings Institute. It was very interesting because he basically reiterated comments from other Fed speakers from earlier in the week and uh, later in the previous week. And for some reason, the market seemed surprised by this in a good way. They heard uh, Powell say that it was time to slow the pace of rate hikes and that there were some hopeful signs on inflation. Same things that other Fed speakers had said, but uh, the market took it very positively and bonds rallied significantly. They also rallied significantly the following day with little apparent provocation other than 
uh, follow-through trading from the previous day and a lack of new supply. ISM manufacturing was a little bit weaker as well, and that possibly added to the gains a little bit, but it wasn't a distinct market mover. Coming into the new week, we are a little bit weaker, but in the context of the bigger picture, we're really just still doing that sideways range trading and at stronger levels than we were before the Thanksgiving week. So you can't complain about today's weakness too much. A half point loss in MBS is sort of the new normal when things are adjusting in this way. And again, nothing in the short term really matters compared to the December 13th CPI report and then the Fed announcement on December 14th. So uh, as of last Friday, lowest mortgage rates in more than two months, rates well back into the mid to low sixes, depending on the lender, and uh, some hope that if next week's CPI comes in lower than expected, that we have definitively confirmed the top of the rate range for uh, quite a while. And we should mention last week's jobs report uh, because that was, uh, you know, on any other month, any other time, it would be a, a pretty significant piece of economic data. It did come in stronger than expected, and that initially hurt bonds, but uh, we rallied back into the afternoon rather inexplicably, sort of like the market is leading off in a way that suggests it almost expects to see validation for the uh, the shifty rate narrative that may be presented by next week's CPI and Fed announcement. That's all I got for this week, Dave. Back to you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it very much. And there is a lot, uh, a lot of comments that just came in on the returning. Several people are sending me says, "Yeah, I saw that too." And um, so there is. It was October. It was introduced as HR Bill ninety one fifty seven. And it was uh, Representative Alex Mooney, and it was October 12th. Uh, so he's a Republican from West Virginia that introduced that bill. We'll see if anything goes back to that. But um, titled the Gold Standard Restoration Act is what it is. So, yeah, so there are some interesting things. I address that only because of the inflation numbers that are – how this would have an impact on inflation if you can't print any more money than what we have gold to back it by has a whole new impact on our economic outlook. It's, is it possible? You think about it, that bill is actually underway. I had to go Google it myself to double check what is it, but several people responded immediately. Yes, Lincoln, that is actually underway, and that we'll see what happened. And several people also said, yes, Russia is already putting the ruble back on a gold standard. So there's a race back to that because how has this been working out for us? Well, we will find out. But I love the report from Matt. There's some things that are coming up, and um, that was an interesting week. We're watching the market right now kind of back up a bit, but we're still trading at uh, 3.588. And um, I was looking at the screens behind me, which David Kittle loves to tease me about. But anyway, let's get to you, Mr. Kittle, and then over to Mark on the market comment. Uh, Mark, uh, comments on the market <laughs> report from Matt. Hello, Dave. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> again, pardon for the voice. Uh, I wish I could blame this on uh, tannins from too much red wine, but that's not the case. <laughs> not the case. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, really isn't. So I sent you uh, Friday a chart that I thought was interesting. Yes. And you if you look at at uh, at the graph there, this is the fastest 
housing slowdown on record going back way past the 70s. And basically what it shows here is that in a seven-month period, uh, it's single-family, existing single-family home sales during the Fed hiking policy has dropped uh, 24%. And that's Mm -hmm. an incredible drop in seven months. So it's missed Fed policy last year and an incredible overreach of Fed policy this year to try and make up for what they didn't see. <clears throat> and then I'll finish with this and, and give you a chance to opine and give my voice a break here. But yeah, here it is. Uh, the Fed chair talks about not raising 75 basis points in December and going to 50. Yeah. And I hope they've digested and reviewed the data and that they're accurate on this, that, that, that things are getting a tad bit better and that they don't have to go back to a 75 basis point increase in January and or February. So I hope they don't miss it again. Yeah. But uh, the market certainly, uh, to everybody else's comments on here already, have responded favorably to the possibility mm-hmm. of only a 50 basis point hike. But the policy has caused, caused real damage to the existing uh, home sales. Oh, it really has. That that graph that you shared with me is so telling. You look at all the other uh, years and where the, the, the various cycles we've been through, but nothing tells it. So when you have that, it, it just goes to Fed policy and the um, uh, irresponsibility way in which they've handled this with the sudden spike up in rates and what it's done to housing and how it is such a direct correlation to housing. It is uh, so when they shot it up, the highest, fastest increase in rates in in memory, you corresponding equal drop, equally much. So exactly right. Yeah. So it goes back to that. Mark, get your thoughts on all of this. What are you thinking about the market? Well, I got a number of thoughts. Yes, I got a number. a number of thoughts, David. I, I really would have to tell you that uh, a movement to the gold standard is probably a movement to fool's gold, not real gold. Um, I'm not real pleased to hear that people are wasting their time on that when there's so many other other things that could happen oh, yeah. that would be much, much more important. But I want to opine a little bit to what uh, David sent on that document and about what's happening. In Houston right now, I've, I know a bunch of people in the home building business had a lot of conversations with them here recently. And um, housing starts are at an all-time low. Uh, the price on the construction has gone up quite a bit. I'm hearing people tell me price on construction has gone up 15 to 20%. That's going to push more people out of the market. I go by the building supply place and talk to my people there, and you know who those names are. And mm-hmm. How's business going? It says, well, we're not selling the home builders. Never really have. Uh, they More boutique shops sell to them. But we are selling the people that are fixing up their houses because they can't sell them, so they might as well fix them up. Uh, we got houses here on the market for, like mine, uh, when I'm trying to sell for seven-plus months and five visitations and one offer. I'll uh, give you an example of what's happening on that. Home sales are next to nothing going on here, and yet I still go out and try to get a burger, and there's nobody to clean the table so I can sit down and have a hamburger. So I don't know what's going on in this country, but it's the worst I've seen in quite some time. And as we roll all these things together, I'm not a very big optimist right now. But I agree with you. We need to get some uh, Fed pattern and practice that makes sense and, and, and get us back on track. And, you know, there's there's more to this economy than the war in Ukraine and sanctions on Russia. 
there's all this stuff back home that we ought to be able to handle and do a better job with, which we're not doing, which really disappoints me and disappoints me and our politicians too. But I'm off my soapbox now. I'll shut up. That was, that was a good soapbox to get on. I agree with you, Art. Well, I think when you start looking at the the Fed policy and you look at the chart that Mr. Kittle, by the way, folks, we'll put a link to the chart. So we're describing it, but David, almost, if you could almost describe that chart, it, it's a, it's like it fell off a cliff. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, there's, um, well, I'm looking at it. There are one, two, three, four, five, seven different uh, times that the Fed had raised policy that they tied this decrease to and or increases. And this is alone by itself. Nothing gets down this low in any of the other times, even close to it. I mean, this is a literal jump off a cliff because of this. And it's basically because they had to react to their miss from last year. But, um, you know, Overreact. appointments yeah. matter when you put people in. And, you know, you have to, to say, you know, Biden didn't appoint this guy. Trump did. I know. Missed this one. That is so true. Very true. Very, very true. But David, I, I, I think one of the last things I want to say is this, and as soon as we as uh, American public realize this, the better off we do are, if you go uh, survey Congress today, and that's Senate, House, and, and all the key positions, how many of those people in those positions have really ever run a business? I'm talking mm-hmm. about a real business. I'm talking a nuts and bolts business, something that produces something for our economy. Yeah, you got lawyers, right? Got lawyers to come through, but uh, w- what people really run a business? And you know, we we got a bunch of people making laws that have never run a business. Most of them have never had to worry about money, so they don't really care about the guy on the bottom of the totem pole and how they're making day to day meat. And uh, if they give Mr. Kittle and me about two weeks, we could clean it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Lord knows we get start running for office. We got to get something. We might not, Mr. Kittle, but we try, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, Mark. I'll just tell you know. I mean, like everybody on here that's listening knows this. Uh, the, to Mark's point, he's exactly right. But you never see the government ever when it needs money. They never look to cut or manage anything. What mm-hmm. they do is just go and extrapolate or extort more money from the taxpayers, and uh, and they mismanage that. Uh, nobody has any there's there's no tie there's no accountability for where it goes so um you, you clean it up by making a lot of cuts but the government as we all know under all administrations are is way over bloated and yeah. uh, they just never seem to cut anything and i get to that yeah let's as we you know, we're going to transition off the markets by the way sign up for matt graham's uh website encourage you to do check it out by going to mbslive.net and you can sign up by putting lol in the sign up code you get an extended trial period for that and no credit for a credit card is required so check it out you really should sign up for this it's a powerful tool and the data that comes across here it is amazing so um i want to we're going to move over into the production because we're really talking moving from rates and what we're talking about just fits right into that and we've got david kittle here who does give us the production so we kind of went right into that segment without much of a transition it just kind of jumped right into it but uh david thanks for being on here especially knowing that you have something that happened to your voice jumped down on your, your voice and uh always so grateful to have you here and your perspective, especially when you're talking about that. But here's one of the things that I want to get back to. You've said this numerous times on the podcast. This bears repeating again. We've got to get out. Originators got to get out and learn how to sell products that they haven't sold before. 
all the various options to get borrowers in. We've got to become the true professionals we are. And then, Mark, I, I also go back to the uh, the reverse mortgage, which can be used on a purchase option. There's a lot of ways to reverse mortgage. Mark is not only one of the servicing experts. He's an origination expert. He's a mortgage professional, has run mortgage companies like I have, David has, um, and has done this. So you, we, we kind of pigeonhole sometimes off into the servicing side, but your knowledge of origination, especially when it comes to reverse mortgages, Talk a little bit about the innovation that is and available to people. And um, I know of a couple that actually used a reverse mortgage to purchase a home. And it was very effective. Rather than they had a lot of cash, rather than putting it all down, they did a reverse mortgage. Talk a little bit about that, Mark. Well, there's, there's sister reverse mortgage programs been in existence. Uh, there have been two products. Um, the main product's been the FHA product, but there has in recent years been a <laughs> proprietary product, which is not in existence kind of today. It kind of fell by the wayside. But I love the reverse mortgage because it offers so many solutions. The biggest solution it offers is the person who gets retirement age and uh, they're going to live on a fixed income, and they say, well, how in the hell can I do this? How can I make a mortgage payment? And they have an opportunity in many cases to take out a reverse mortgage and pay off their uh, primary mortgage and never have to make a payment again have to pay their taxes and insurance and maintain their property, et cetera, but at least they not have a mortgage payment. Another thing is they reach retirement age and they got all this debt, which is eating up all their fixed income, and they their house is paid off. Very few have that, but some have their house paid off. And then they can consolidate their debt and, um, and put it on a reverse mortgage on their house. So they're paid off all their debt without going forward and paying the high interest on credit cards and other things and, and don't have to make a payment on that. And the one you mentioned, uh, David, is really popular for me, and that's the people, uh, if, you own a, if you own a home in Connecticut and you want to have a place to go in Florida and enjoy the sunshine every winter, you can go down there and you get a reverse mortgage on a, on a, a home down there. And, um, and as long as it's a, uh, you stay there enough, and et cetera, and move down the road. So people can do that as an opportunity to buy houses, or you can just buy a house. I know one gentleman right now who is uh, who is going to buy a house, and he's going to put the money from the sale of his house into a uh, into into investments, and he's going to do a reverse mortgage to buy a new house. And uh, you know, it, it, that's common, fairly common now. So when we need business in the reverse mortgage, just like we need in the forward mortgage market, but I, there's a lot of opportunities for reverse mortgage to be very beneficial to the senior customers. Just another example of things you learn in the Lickin' and Lending podcast, but also that you can use to bring out to your people. Make your people aware of how you can use a reverse mortgage. Just one of many, many products. And we we go back to Mr. Kittle, but David, we've tested your voice to the max already. I feel badly about that. So, but it's it's really really good. I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm going to tease you about how you sound like the Godfather, but we don't want to be too cruel with you. I'm trying to, uh, we've got a number of listeners that are dialed in that are dialed in with their phones. I want to say a special thank you. And I made the mistake of uh, before we went live, I was going to turn on the microphone for someone in a 202 area code. And then I realized they, and they hung up right away. So I'm good to see you. Glad to see you back. I promise I won't ever embarrass you by bringing you live on the podcast. So if you do dial in, we do see your number. Now, we don't see it if you're streaming live, but if you're streaming or if you dial in, we promise I'll never put you on. But sometimes it's fun to talk to our listeners before we go live, so we'll turn on the microphone. <laughs> if we do do that, don't run off because we 
promise he's going to say, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, but anyway, good to have you back. Glad you see 202 is back on here along with a number of others. So great to have you here listening to us. Alice Alvey could not make the podcast today. She had, got pulled into a meeting, but she did send in a, her legislative update. So let's go over to that recording right now and hear what Alice had to say. Alice, appreciate you doing this. What you got? Hey, thanks, Dave. Hello, everyone. Alice Alvey here giving you the latest news. And the big headline for last week from the agencies was, of course, the loan limit increases, which we talked a little bit about, but now we know is official that we have the agency loan limit increase for single family for most of us at $726,200. For those of you in a high-cost area, including Alaska, Guam, Hawaii, Hawaii and the U.S. Virgin Islands, $1,089,300. So as has been all in the press, the first time a one unit has been over a million dollars. So uh, setting new territory here with our new maximum loan limits. FHA also issued their announcement about the limits. It's easy for them to do since they're a straightforward percentage of the Freddie Mac limit. So an FHA single family is at $472,030. Uh, so you can check all of that out through FHA's mortgagee letter 20 and, of course, their list, their full list at the HUD.gov website. VA is still, uh, you know, a little bit slower. They're going to be getting us their announcement, I'm sure, any day now. We all know that a veteran with full entitlement will have 25% guarantee based on the new Freddie Mac loan limit. So that much you know you can go forward with. I think there's always a little bit of diciness in, can I start doing that today based on application date or case number? So please check with your company on when they are okay with you actually implementing these new loan amounts. FHA formally says that they will take these as of case numbers on January 1st. VA will essentially be working around that same time frame with application and closing dates after January 1st. And then for our Fannies and Freddies, it's all about just don't send it to them until after <laughs> January 1st. Um, so that's my quick update for today, Dave. Back to you. That's good. Thank you, Alice. Great, great report. Appreciate it. Mr. Kittle, can you believe that? Now we can do conforming fix over a million in parts of the country. Just extraordinary. Just, and FHA. That really, that's yeah, think about that. And I, just, and I just left the Virgin Islands. How about that? <laughs> you just left the Virgin Islands. You just, yeah, you get a pretty nice house down there. Mark, this FHA at 432000 Extraordinary. I mean, but you know what comes to mind, Mark and David? I want to get your thoughts on this. The FHA fund. Does how does this impact this? Where you know it's, it's an incremental increase. We've got a lot of exposure out there already, but there is the need. There there is the desire to dial back the insurance premium. Thoughts on that, Mark? Well, I think the uh, there's been a lot of publicity about dialing back the premium because the insurance fund is supposedly in pretty good shape. And I think that probably will happen to some degree. It will be uh, as much a political move as any to do that. But um, I think the most important thing that comes out of this is in what we're hearing with these loan amounts. Uh, it, it's one thing to have those loan amounts, but who's going to be able to afford the loan? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm real concerned about that. And then until yeah. we have some significant drops in the rates again, uh, we knocked a bunch of people out. And I'm just uh, I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about housing starts and mm-hmm. affordable housing. Probably more so about affordable housing than I'm more concerned now than I've ever been in my career. 
Yeah, good point, Mark. David? So I would agree with that, David. Uh, that's what I was going to say is the affordable housing piece that Mark just touched on at the last. I mean, so what if you have a million-dollar limit? That's great. To his point, not many people can afford it, and uh, we need to do something about affordable housing. What can you do? Lower the MIP. I mean, that's a direct effect on somebody yes. getting a house. There's nothing right. that the government can do at this point about land cost or all the permits you have to have to build a house and things like that immediately. But they can certainly affect the bottom line, the payment, the cash required, and everything else if they just lower it. And there is no good reason not to. They can't put up an argument that's credible not to lower that fund. No. That's pretty good. So true. Very, very true. Well, I think when you look at this fund, I think about California. I'm thinking about Bellevue, Washington, where I started my career up in Seattle 50 years ago. And I'm looking at what we bought our home back up there back in the day and what those homes are selling for today. But yet those homes have been selling. Now, this current market condition is things have absolutely screeched to a halt up there as well. But there are people that are in the tech sector that can afford these ridiculous prices. We have friends of ours, uh, a family, he's a developer up there as a matter of fact and uh, he does small small homes on a spec basis he'll buy them does a fix and flip as well and he bought his home and uh he thought it was he bought it and did a little some improvements to it and to the tax assessor came out and says well this is gorgeous worth 3.5 million dollars he goes you're kidding me and he says well he he protested well do you know the homes in your like yours sell for over seven million he heard that and he goes you're kidding me now, you'd think someone is in the market, but that's how fast things were going up there for a period of time. So this, this is very much of a correction. Well, he sold his house and moved out of the area. Think, I'm going to go take this, while it's, this money while it's good, and I'm moving elsewhere. And he moved on, moved to another part of the country where it's much more affordable. We'll have basically then have to work for the rest of his life if he manages the, what he had out of that. So there's interesting times. There's going to be a correction. The affordability thing has been a big concern for a lot of us. We need to focus in on that. Thank God for FHA. It's what it, the programs are there for. Again, go back and learn what these programs are there for and how you can take advantage of them so you can better serve your customer, the consumer. Good stuff, Mark and David. Um, Matt, we, we, I was looking to see if uh, Alan, Alan sent me a text that he was going to be able to do his best to dial in. He is um, on a flight, and he's hoping to get off, but he is not dialed in. So, Mark, we're going to get to you with any thoughts on Fannie, Freddie, and servicing that you have that you'd like to share with us. Otherwise, we're going to put a wrap on this podcast. Anything, any thoughts you have? Well, I've been focusing on a lot of different things in the servicing agenda these these days and uh, focusing a lot on uh, property taxes. I, it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up as something that uh, people ought to focus on with their customers. Um, we do a through one of my consulting co-ownership, we do a lot of uh, tax consulting on properties. And uh, and what we found out is the average citizen out there doesn't know what exemptions they qualify for. And don't have everything they should. And if you're in a state that has a homestead and a, a senior exemption, and you you know a person 63, and or their person's living in the property, you know they're going to qualify for one or the other or both of those. And I think that's so important to do that now. And I'm not trying to build a case for cutting the uh, tax jurisdictions off at the knees and not get them their taxes that's due, but I really believe that the exemptions were put out there for people to benefit, and I don't think people are taking a good advantage of that. And so 
we've been providing the service for a long time to a number of companies so they can tell their customers when they originate a loan what exemptions they have, what they don't have, and, and can help them get their exemptions because they know they help a person qualify a little bit easier for the loan if they have a lower escrow payment, et cetera. So I just advise people, work with your customers in the application process and, and always mention to them to go to their tax jurisdiction and find out what exemptions they have, what they might qualify they don't have, and take advantage of those exemptions because they can be a, a, a savings anywhere from 15% to 35% of the person's property taxes in a yearly cycle, and that's not a bad savings in some tax jurisdictions. In fact, in some northeastern tax jurisdictions, that's a heck of a lot of money. That is. Good point. Mr. Kittle, you want to add to that? No, I'll just say whatever Mark said and, and uh, rest the voice a little bit, but I agree with you. Rest your voice, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I sorry. appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, um, there's a couple things that are coming in on this. One of the things that – there's a couple things that we want to talk about as we wrap up the podcast. Uh, we've talked a lot about – What's going on with interest rates? Thankfully, we're having a bit of a reprieve. We're seeing interest rates falling even more. There's been several now changing their predictions, several economists changing their prediction that we'll see interest rates lower than what they originally were forecasting for next year. And it can't happen soon enough because we're looking at so many mergers and acquisitions taking place. We saw the Atlanta uh, 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 announcement that they are mer- being acquired or merged up inside of uh, Guild Mortgage that came out. There was another three companies that closed quietly, and it's it's. Remember the movie the the Titanic, Mark and David. Uh, the scene that the boats uh, is the Titanic is listing, and all the people are in the water, and you heard initially all the people, in all the screams and all the cries for help as the water, and then one by one, they they the cold overtook them and they slipped below the waves and then pretty soon there was this eerie silence as they went as the the boats the lifeboats went through there it kind of feels like that scene right now when there's so many things going on so many companies struggling in this and we are certainly seeing opportunities for unusual transactions mergers coming together uh uh people just throwing the towel and say here Take my originators and go there. There, If you are in the midst of any of that, if you're contemplating that, please get a hold of us. We'd love to help engineer, guide you through that process. We'd love to talk to you about it. But I want to also encourage you to look at the macro uh, um, demographics, the macro fundamentals is what I'm saying underneath what I'm trying to say, the macro fundamentals underneath our industry. If you look at the number of uh, Gen Zers and millennials that are under where are not do not have a home ownership going there right now they're at a maximum of right now 40 percent where normally we'd be upper at 60s to close to 70 percent there is an opportunity in the housing finance system to have one of the best some of the best years i believe are still ahead of us so i look at people going through this temporary period of time and i'm going folks hang in there if there's a way to re-engineer your company, to look at how you can stay in business so you get to play in this next cycle. Some will say, I'll just form a new company at that point. Well, that's another way. Exit and come back in. Yes, you certainly could do that, but it's so much more. Uh, it's, I would, there's a grandfathering under your current structure for where the financial rates. I really believe, Mark, that we're going to see higher capital requirements for those that are going to be entering the market, the new entrants coming into the market in the years ahead. I think we're going to have much higher capital requirements. The counterparties are going to be insisting on it. Want to get your thoughts on that, Mark? <laughs> 
that well you know we've had the we had some gses that have been uh, toying with the increasing capital requirements and i think we're going to see that at some time in the future especially since so many of the companies are taking a hit to the bottom line and of course to their capital because of what's happening in the industry today and so the, the gses don't want to be caught shorthanded when somebody doesn't have adequate capital to operate and they have to pull servicing or whatever to do it like that so i think your points are very well taken david and um I think we will see a changing landscape on some capital requirements here. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen before a year, and that's a short cycle. But I certainly think we'll see something happen during the first six months of next year. Yeah, and I'm anticipating that. So I say that to those that are saying, well, we'll just exit and then come back. Well, you may not be able to come back at the current capital requirements that you're at right now. If you stay in the business, you might be able to survive. So find a way to stay in here. We don't want to see you go. That's the most important part. We think there's we we have our best days of mortgage banking ahead. Would you agree, Mr. Kittle? You can kind of squeak out a yes or no, or <laughs> of course I do. Uh, yeah, you know, we can we can make it through this, but you really have to manage yourself and look at it. And to your point, I would certainly encourage anybody thinking about before you just go out and sell or merge, come in and 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 talk to you and your folks and and make sure they're doing the right thing and if they do decide to do it you can certainly help them navigate through it so yeah we there's a there's a lot to be thought about don't make an emotional knee-jerk reaction folks that never. wraps up never 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 not that we'd ever done that david we're in our younger days we <laughs> two knee-jerk reactions maybe i know mark has maybe have done that no mark's you know mark's you know not mark's pretty stable Anyway, that wraps up the podcast day, folks. I want to make sure I tell you to go back and listen to the podcast we, podcast we released last week, Tom Showalter of Candor. We released that November 30th. Make sure you go back and listen to that. There's some really great information there, as well as what we, we did, we recorded with Justin Demolia. But this week, we've got coming up on December 7th, uh, Dustin Gray and Ashley Terrell of Milestones. I got to tell you, there is some information in this that is going to give you a competitive advantage in the new, and as we kin to 2023, you've got to pay attention to that. Listen to that one. That's again, December 7th, that's Justin Gray, Milestones, as well as Austin talking about Rocket Pro, talking about the TPO markets and where we're going. That's being released on Friday, December 9th. So good to have you with us. Appreciate you all very much. Is that the right date? Do I have that date? Is it Friday the 9th? Gosh, what is it? No, I think that's maybe Thursday. Anyway, whatever date the 9th is. I'll look forward to uh, releasing that and sharing that with you and hearing your feedback. Special shout-out to our regulars. Again, Adam, Les, Matt, Mr. Kittle, Alice Alvey, Alan Pollock, and Mark Helm. Thank you so much for being here. And a special thank you to our sponsors. Candor Technologies, Finastra, Form Free, Total Expert, Simple Nexus, <clears throat> The Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, as well as by Mortgage Advisory Tools. Have a great week. Check out our, all our advertisers and all of the podcasts at the LickinOnLending.com website. Appreciate you that are listening in. Good lot number of listeners dialed in today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.